This episode is supported by the Miku Pro Smart Baby Monitor. This is the most accurate sleep and breathing monitor that we have ever come across in our household. What I love about it the most and what I think sets us apart from other smart baby monitors is that it doesn't make any physical contact with your kid because it uses a military grade sensor fusion technology. So whereas other monitors have your baby wear like a sock or a chest strap, the Miku Pro just does it all from a distance. It truly is amazing and it works with your smartphone to alert you of changes to your baby's vitals and nursery conditions. Another huge plus for us was the fact that they use crypto security, which means it cannot be hacked. The monitor also offers HD video and photo and amazing night vision. There are also custom dual Ole Wolf speakers and a two-way microphone, which means that Miku not only plays original sleep sounds and lullabies, but it allows you to talk to and comfort your baby. So check out the monitor at MikuCare.com, and if you use the promo code FAMILYTREE10, you're getting 10% off. This is available in the U.S. only, and again, that is MikuCare.com and FAMILYTREE10. No other monitor is a Miku. Hello, everyone. My name is Alex, and I am so glad that you joined me for happy hour on this Family Tree podcast, episode 175. Folks, I hope you're all doing super well this week. It has been a wild one over in the Cunningham house. Shane's TV show gets released later this week, likely when you'll be listening to this on July 7th on Crave. It is the first week of summer camps, first week of summer vacation, and everything is a little chaotic. And it's funny because throughout the school year, you know, we're all working, I'm working because I'm in education. We're just waiting for summer because there's going to be so much time. There's going to be, you know, so much time to relax, to get appointments done, to call the doctors for different things that I need to see. So many things. And I mean, we're only two full days in a summer and I do not see when, any time in the near future, I'm going to be able to even start getting these things done. But I guess that's what it is being a mom, being a parent. Uh, And I mean, even today, it was super cute. So Lucy started basketball camp. And, you know, we took her to camp. She's been looking forward to this since camp last year. Okay. And I mean, she can only do so much with a basketball. She is tiny. She's five. And it's not like we're out there playing every day, right? And we're not going to force her just because we like it. So we take her to camp and she loved it last year, not because of basketball, but because all of the older kids thought she was adorable and they'd fawn over her. So we bring her today and, you know, none of the kids are really talking to each other. They're all a little bit shy. And Shane and I are trying to help her out, trying to get her motivated. We're playing little Bow Wow's basketball song the whole way there. And we get to the camp and the kids don't really recognize her. They do and they're shy. So we play around with her for a bit, trying to get her, you know, excited about the camp and to go off and do her own thing so we could happily leave without guilt. And she does for a little bit. But then soon after that, she started to kind of withdraw. You could tell that she was starting to get nervous, be like, oh, where are all the big kids that love me? And uh, I just happened to like make eyes with a young girl who was looking at Lucy like she might be familiar. Maybe she was like, nine or 10 years old. So I just grabbed Lucy's hand, brought her over to her. And I said, hey, is it okay if Lucy hangs out with you guys for a little bit? Let go of Lucy's hand, bolted 
And then within seconds, you know, this group of like between eight to 10 year old girls was just fawning over Lou and Lucy was in her attention seeking element. It was very funny. It was very cute. Um, but that's that's been the start to our week. And now we're trying to get ready for Shane's Hamilton premiere tonight. So he's not here with me today because he is dealing with a million things for that I'm doing this in my bra, in shorts, hair half up in curlers, and zit stickers all over my face because I'm having some sort of, I don't know, hormonal reaction and my body is freaking out. Like it is literally taking everything gross inside of me and vomiting it up through my skin and I am breaking out everywhere and like in places I don't usually break out. I've got you know, pimples all over my shoulders. I haven't had that since I was a teenager. And I can't seem to get anything under control. So I went and I told you guys I'd update you on zit stickers, whatever. I bought the Peace Out pimple stickers. I wanted to get zit sticker. I heard they were great, but I'm doing Peace Out pimple patches, whatever. I'll let you know how they work, but they've been sitting on my noggin for the last hour or so. And I'm really hoping they pull through to give me, you know, I'm not asking for perfection tonight, but at least just a clean slate, clear, somewhat smooth skin to work with. Uh, That would feel real good. All right, folks. So this week, we are going to start off with a This Family Tree Top 5. And we've done these a couple times before. I like this. Just the five-point list to answer your questions about something. This week, we're doing This Family Tree's Top 5 Things to Ask Your Sibling's Significant Other. And I mean, you could swap out sibling with bestie, parent, whatever. But you have somebody that you're close to, in this case, my brother, and this person is bringing somebody new around and you want to get to know them. So we just spent a weekend uh, up with the family and met my brother's new girlfriend. And of course, I've got a million things running through my head and I want to ask her every single one of them without scaring her off, without embarrassing my brother, without making myself look like a psycho. So The top five things that I think you need to ask or do in this situation are as follows. One, ask them how they met. You can learn, I think, so much about a couple and how they interact when they tell you their love origin story. You know, it can be funny, even if it was a mess, right? There's going to be some positives out of it, obviously, because they met each other and they fell in love or they started dating, whatever. But if you ask them for their origin story, they'll tell it and maybe they'll be cutesy together. One person will get kind of shy and you can see a dynamic working between them, right? And I think that you can pick up, you know, good or bad vibes from that. So I love that question, breaks the ice a little bit and gets them talking about each other pretty quickly. Next thing I do, what is your ideal way to spend a Saturday? Like totally harmless question. Totally, you know, it's not assuming in any way. And that's what I love about it. Because again, they tell you in that answer, they'll just divulge all the things that they're into. So it's just a way of getting to know them, I think, on a very, you know, stress-free scale. Next, and I love this one. I recently actually went to my best girlfriend's bachelorette party. She has lived away from home for since university and she was getting married to a guy that I had no idea anything about. I had never met him, didn't know anything about him. So I enjoyed asking her 
this question. What is it about this person, blank, that, you know, makes you feel so in love? Whoa. Hey, Betty. What? Am I ready? I'm not done work. Honey, do you want to come say hi? Folks, it is Betty's last day being a two-year-old. She's going to be three tomorrow. Here, Betty. Say hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Good girl. And Betty, what is tomorrow? Oh, it's my birthday. Yes, it is. How no, old? Nona goes to sleep over. She's going to sleep over. I know. Okay, so you go hang out with Nona, and I'm going to finish my work, okay? No. Will you shut the door, sweetie? No. Go, go, go. Bye, baby. All right, so there we have Betty interrupting. I don't know if she has interrupted before. Usually that's Lucy. But anyway, coming back to it, ask the person why they are in love with the other person. And you can present it in a way, again, that's like, it sounds like a heavy question, but you can make it kind of jokey um, or just at least a little lighter. And maybe they'll take it really seriously. Maybe they'll think about it for a little bit and then come up with a really thoughtful, heartfelt answer. And I've always had such good experience uh, with this question, regardless of how the other person answers it or takes it. And again, it just kind of increases the comfort level. Y'all know the deal. Y'all know that they're in love. And I think that it, I'd like to think that it helps their relationship too, especially if you're asking, like in, I asked in front of my brother, and if you do that, then, you know, it, it can open up different lines of communication. Anyway, I'm a huge fan of that one. Uh, next, ask them for help doing something. You're going to learn so much about anybody when you're in a situation that you're working together, getting help from them. You're going to see how they work with somebody else. Not that, I mean, I'm not going to be in a relationship with this person. So ultimately, I don't care. But I do think that it says a lot about somebody's, you know, just character when you're in a situation like that. So since we have the kids and we're up at the cottage with the kids all weekend, I just kind of like to throw the kids in that person's direction and see how they handle it. And the kids are like, you just heard Betty. They're pretty damn cute. So I like to see how they react with the kids, how they interact. Because it's like, hey, I'm not dating this person, but if they're coming into my family, I want to make sure they're cool. I want to make sure they like my kids. I don't want my brother with somebody who hates my kids. That is the ultimate nightmare. And then finally, just ask them light questions about themselves. And you can kind of inference the rest. But just keep things light. Like I said, you don't want to scare anybody off. You don't want to come off like a you know, psychopath serial killer is trying to learn every little thing about them. But I do think that the more welcoming you are, or I was hopefully <laughs> in this situation, um, the more that they'll be willing to divulge and kind of let you in on. So again, I like this random top five, but because we kind of went through it, you know, over the weekend, I thought that it was pertinent to us and maybe pertinent to some of you. But I want to move on to another thing that happened over the weekend, folks. So this was a big deal in my little brain uh, just because it gave me so much anxiety. I was questioning myself. And it reminded me about what we talked about last week in regards to the woman at the park with the birthday cake. So if you hadn't heard that episode, there was a woman at a park, you know, a mom, and her kid was playing with kids from another birthday party. Then the birthday party kids went over to get cake, and then when the mom's kid went to get cake, 
the mom that was running the birthday party was like, oh, honey, you can't have cake. These aren't your friends. You got to go find your mom. Anyway, caused controversy. We discussed it here. Go listen back to last week if you want um, my thoughts on it. But I found myself in a similar situation this weekend. And I'm kind of shocked about it. But we're at the cottage, okay? And there's this like little park on the waterfront. So there's a lake. And I want you to close your eyes, right? You're picturing this. You're there with me right now. So there's a lake. There's a little playground there. And kind of like there's a little bit of a sand dune that you have to jump off of if you want to go from the playground to the little beachfront where the water is. And there's only a couple feet of beachfront. So I'm playing there with the kids. And then we see this really adorable family of ducks come in, like these little tiny ducklings. There's about eight of them and their mama duck. And they were just the cutest little things ever. So we're watching them as they come up on the beach and they start, you know, grooming each other. And they're just sitting there kind of preening. And then they all just snuggle in and go to sleep. It was adorable. So by the time they go to sleep, my kids, you know, they're running back to the park. And then I see a group of older kids come by. And when I say older, like these kids were maybe, I don't know, 12 So the 12-year-olds come by, and folks, this is where I seriously need to hear from you. Am I a Karen for what I'm about to do? Does this make me one of those, you know, crazy moms that people videotape and put online? Or am I totally sane for this? Because honestly, even after everything, I'm thinking sane, but I could definitely be persuaded another direction. Anyway, These kids start walking by and they're looking at these baby ducks and I can just tell, okay, you guys, I can feel it. Something's going to happen. Something is going to go down. I don't know what, I don't know if it's going to be serious or not, but something's going to happen. So I kind of got these kids, you know, I'm looking at them, you know, at the side of my peripheral and I'm trying to play with my kids. And then all of a sudden I see this boy with a mullet and I do think it is significant to mention that he had a mullet, but I see a boy with a mullet and he starts sprinting toward the section of the beach that these ducks are on. So he starts running towards them and then he has to do that jump, right, from the sand dune onto the beach. So he does and he lands like six inches or less from these tiny baby ducks, like a slip of a foot could have had him crunching the neck of one of them. Okay, so he lands and he goes, ah, and then he starts like flailing his arms at them, chasing them into the water. And I just fling my head over to him and I said, are you kidding me? In my most annoyed mom slash teacher voice, disappointed voice. And then he just stopped what he was doing and stared at me like, not sure if I'm talking to him or not even. And I look at him and I probably had the most angry look on my face. And I said, what do you think you're doing? And he said, I'm trying to pick them up to pet them. And I said, we do not touch wild animals. And then he just looked at me and I just like kept this shocked, angry face because that's the only face I could naturally make at that moment. And then his mother calls him. Oh, my God. So he runs over to his mom. They're talking. She's looking at me. I start to cower. Okay, this is when I start to say in my own head, did I just do the right thing? Did I just make an ass out of myself? Am I a Karen? Am I 
doing the right thing and protecting these little duckies. Anyway, it was a mess. I gathered at my family soon after that because the mom had a friend with her and they were both looking at me and we left the park. We did get ice cream first, but we left the park. And I thought about it over and over again. I'm like, was I in the wrong for yelling at a stranger's kid? Because it was a stranger's kid. Okay. And the parent, I didn't know right away, but the parent was there, albeit kind of far away. And ultimately, I think that, you know, yelling at a stranger's kid or disciplining a kid that's not yours, whatever, it's going to be nuanced and each situation is going to be so different. But I think that in this specific situation, I mean, I'd like to think that I was in the right because you don't go and grab wild animals, especially baby harmless ducks that are helpless against your hulking kid trying to grab them. Like that's how accidents happen. That's how a little baby duck gets stepped on or gets their neck broken or gets abandoned by its mom, whatever it is. And the mom clearly wasn't going to say anything about her son scaring the baby ducks or trying to pick them up and pet them, whatever it is. So if it was one of my kids, that's how I would have addressed them. If it was one of my students, I likely would have said the same thing uh, in the same tone. And when I said, are you kidding me? I was like, why did I even say that? But I think it's because I know that this kid knows better. Hell, my two-year-old would know better than doing that. So the are you kidding me was kind of like a, are you kidding me? That's what you're doing right now, even though you know that that's wrong. Anyway, it's been absolutely eating me alive. And I'm dying to know your takes on it because I do feel like maybe somebody was videotaping it and I'm going to be the next internet Karen or whatever. Folks, shoot me a DM. I am dying to hear from you. Am I in the right or am I just another annoying Karen? And if that was your kid that somebody yelled at, because I'm trying to put myself in the other parent's shoe, shoes, but if that was your kid and somebody yelled at your kid because you were scaring baby ducks or they were scaring baby ducks, would you be okay with that? What would you say to me? Like, I was trying to think, like, I would be taken aback if I was not me. If I was the other mom and I saw me, I would be taken aback. And I'd be like, what the hell is this lady saying to my kid? But I I don't know how I wouldn't have been able to react that way, honestly. Whatever, folks. Give me your opinion. Dying to know. Thanks for listening to my wacky story. But honestly, things like this happen all the time. And I love the sounding board and I love these kinds of conversations. So hit me up. Let me know what you think. And I will take any responses to our conversation next week. But folks, we're going to get into the mailbag segment, which is my favorite segment of the podcast where we get to know each other a little bit better. But before we get to the mailbag segment, let me tell you who we're supported by. We are supported by True Earth. And if you listen to our podcast, you know that Shane and I have been trying to reduce our environmental footprints. And while we were doing this, and I think an easy place for any family to start if you're looking to do this kind of thing, is just to eliminate plastics in your household. Start with one thing. We started with laundry detergent. Between the four of us, that was like a lot of laundry detergent jugs that we were going through yearly. And it was such a waste of plastic and space. So when we discovered True Earth, we have never looked back. The detergent itself comes in pre-measured soluble strips that you simply rip apart and toss in the washer. It is so easy. And the best part? There's no plastic. 
Because the packaging is so compact, it's drastically changed the tidiness of our laundry room. And as family with kids who have super sensitive skin, we usually opt for the baby detergent. It's fragrance-free, gentle on everybody's skin, and it's still so tough on dirt. Our clothes come out smelling great and super clean. So check out True Earth Detergent at true.earth and use the promo code thisfamilytree10 to get 10% off your order. You will love this product. Take my word for it. Again, that is true.earth and thisfamilytree10. We are also supported by Mini Miosh. Mini Miosh is a premium, organic, ethically made, and sustainable kids and babies clothing company founded and created in Toronto. Mini Miosh believes in quality over quantity, and they make, I'm telling you, the best basics for your littles. Fashionable wardrobe staples that are soft, comfy, and timeless, and can be passed from child to child regardless of gender. Their organic cotton fabrics are knit and dyed locally using GOTS certified organic cotton and low-impact, non-toxic dyes. Plus, they now have a women's collection. It's called the M and West Collection. It's simple. It's made out of French terry. Everything is ethically and sustainably produced, and you will want to live in it. I can promise you that because I do. So you can find the company online at minimiosh.com or at minimiosh on Instagram and Facebook. And if you use the promo code thisfamilytree15, you're getting 15% off your order. This is available in Canada and in the U.S., and it is one order per customer, so load up those carts. But again, that is minimiosh.com and thisfamilytree15. And now let's get back to the mailbag. All right, folks, so this is the mailbag segment, and this is one of our favorite parts of the podcast. It's where you, the listener, write in and give us topics, give us questions, and we research them or just give you our own opinions. But folks, let's start off with question number one. I don't know if you answered about engagement rings. I'm wondering how you picked and where you got yours from. So I have a pretty unusual ring. I get asked about it a lot. I am so in love with it and it's been seven years. Uh, But I got my ring from a jeweler called Misa, M-I-S-A. And Misa Jewelers, it's a U.S. brand. I think she is Hawaiian and gets a lot of her Uh, a lot of our inspiration from like beaches in Hawaii and things like that. And it really does come across in her design. Highly recommend you check it out. So what I have is a an untreated diamond slice. So it's a one carat untreated diamond slice. So because it's untreated, you can see like different layers in the diamond and colors and spots. And it's really interesting. And because it's a slice, it's like not a big Hulkin like chunk of a ring, like not your standard ring, which are so beautiful. It's just, it's like a flat thing and it kind of lays flat against my finger. It's encircled in gold and then it has some little tiny diamonds around it. Uh, And it's been hammered by hand to give it this really neat look. But I knew I loved this jeweler and I knew she had gorgeous, like I was really in love with this specific type of ring. So when Shane and I decided we were going to get married, I was like, okay, well, you know, we know we're going to get married. So let me order the ring that I like. And I know she has men's rings. So you take a look at which one you like, and then we'll order them both at the same time. And that's what we did. And honestly, like it sounds so unromantic, um, but it was so fun and it felt so romantic. And when we got the rings, we had like another kind of proposal and Shane got it on his knee again, just for fun. And it was really cute, but it doesn't have to be the way everybody else does it, like anything, whether it's a push present or an engagement, anything, you know, just do it your own way and remind yourself not to compare it to anybody else's experience because 
it might just be the very best thing and the most special thing for you. But the next question. Disneyland looks incredible. Do you think it's worth it if I have to travel from Australia to get there? Holy H, that is a long flight for Disney World. So, I mean, like if you didn't have kids, sure, get on that airplane. But with kids, that's a heck of a flight. I mean, Disney World is amazing. It is magical. But you're still going to be putting up with the tricky stuff with your kids, right? And things not working out and all that with like a 24-hour flight on top of it. So I say, you know, there's three Disney worlds closer to Australia than the ones in Florida. I think you have Tokyo, Shanghai, and Hong Kong. Personally, I bet Tokyo would be amazing and just an amazing place to visit too. So maybe look into that one. And if you are thinking about coming over to the U.S. and doing the Florida Disney World, which is amazing. I mean, make a whole U.S., Canadian, Mexican, North American trip or, you know, at least hang out in the States for a while. Don't make it all about Disney, but do other things as well. But truly, I hope you hit up Tokyo because I want to hear about that one. That sounds really incredible. The next question. Chris Pratt said recently that people should rush to have kids and not wait. What are your thoughts? I think that's insane. I think that's insane. And, you know, he's not alone. I've heard men, like, different men, oddly, saying this recently. Um, And as a woman, I am so glad that I did not rush to have kids because I went through periods, you know, in my 20s where I was like, oh, I'm in love with this guy. I want to get married, have a family with this guy. And then those, those feelings would pass so quickly. Everything was so fleeting. And thank God I didn't have a kid with any of those guys because then I would be attached to them in some way for the rest of my life. I don't think, I mean, if you have the luxury of planning, I think it is so much better for women to be able to wait until, you know, it's somebody that you are comfortable with, somebody that you want to spend the rest of your life with, you want to be attached to in some way, somebody that you can co-parent with um, to have kids. For men, maybe it's a hot new take to have, you know, to say, oh, let's start spreading the seed early. I don't know. But I do think that it is incredibly irresponsible in some ways. I mean, even though my better, my body probably would have handled pregnancy and postpartum better had I been a little bit younger it's just it would have it would have screwed me over honestly and I know that I'm not alone in that position I'm just looking at people I know and things like that our next question on Instagram I see lots of moms baby wearing while they're cooking my first thought is that this is something that could splash back and burn the baby do you ever do this and do you think it's unsafe Yeah, like I used to cook all the time with Betty, but not if I had, you know, something on the stove or in the oven or, you know, I'm cooking someone with oil. (laughs) There were definitely limitations um, because that is a huge concern. And I just think about how many shirts I've ruined in the past while cooking because I've had splashback or, you know, what have you. It is it is dangerous. Um, You know, save your baby wearing for when you're doing something without anything hot. But yeah, I, th- I think that's, I think I would hope that that was standard, but I guess not. The next question. People have been waiting online for hours to get Taylor Swift tickets and they cost a fortune. Do you think that artists should make tickets more affordable or put on more shows 
then they won't be as chaotic as the Taylor Swift situation. So, I mean, you you work so hard and Taylor Swift probably works so damn hard, right? Get that money. Honestly, if people are willing to pay it, get it. And it sucks. Like it sucks. I couldn't go to a Taylor Swift concert. The concerts are way, the tickets are way too much money. But good for Taylor for getting to a point where she can make that money. And then hopefully because she'll have all that money, she'll be able to make the next concert or whatever more affordable or at least have a program where people who can't afford the exorbitant ticket amounts can actually get them and go. But I mean, ultimately, that's the artist's dream, right? Is to be able to make huge bank and do the art that you love. And yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of split on that one. Um, Cause I do complain and like, I sound like an old man when bands I like or artists I like make their tickets too expensive. But then if I was the artist, hell yeah, I'd probably be charging a lot of money. Like you, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I'm a little bit split, but I do think that there should be cheaper tickets available. Um, so that people can go because you know you think of like the biggest fans probably being these high school kids they're never going to be able to see that and then you just have all these rich jokers who might not even care i don't know it's a tricky situation our next question it's not a question for the podcast but she wanted to say that my coat is fire Okay, so this person is referring to a like a rain windbreaker type coat I got from Lululemon. It's like a goldish brown. Anyway, if you're thinking you want something like that, go get it. It's at Lululemon. They have coats like this all the time. Um, it's like that slush pant material and it is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It can get wrinkly. It doesn't look bad because it's kind of supposed to be wrinkly. It can get wet. It, you, you just wear it all year round. Highly recommend it. Our next question. My high school reunion is coming up, and for some reason, old insecurity issues are coming back, and I think that I won't go. Have you been to yours? How do you overcome in, uh, feelings of insecurity? I feel ridiculous that I'm even feeling like this again. So this is really hard. Like, yeah, you know, I think about high school, and I had a great time. I met amazing people. I had a great group of friends. It was also one of the most insecure phases of my life and the phase where, you know, I'm never quite being myself because I'm always trying to fit in with certain groups. Um, we had a high school reunion, but we weren't I wasn't able to go. It was a couple years ago. However, I would if it you know, if we were to have another one sometime soon. And it is tricky. And I think that the only thing you can do is remind yourself that you are so worthy and you're so amazing and you sure as hell deserve to be there. So don't let that part of yourself win. You know, un unless like it's really terrifying you and something terrible happened in high school or whatever it is. But if it's just the same anxiety that, you know, we all have and the same insecurities we all have. And I honestly don't know a single person who wasn't bullied to some degree in high school. Um, you can't let that person, that, that side of you win because that's what our thirties are about, man. That's what our forties are about. That's what growing older is about. Telling that side of us, that like nasty little devil who wants to remind us of the things that maybe we aren't comfortable with in ourselves. We got to tell it to F off. 
We got to tell it to screw off and learn how to live our lives as we want them in ways that really make us feel good. And like, I had a great time in high school. I did well. I got great marks. I was on all the sports teams. But like, I was not treated well by a group of older girls. They would write nasty things about me on bathroom mirrors. I had them all approach me in a bathroom once, kind of like wanting to fight. And there was like eight of them against me. Um, Lots of weird situations like that, just all from this one group of girls who were a year older than me. And, you know, it's funny, like I see some of them now and they're super friendly and they're super kind. And I don't think they realized that when they do that crap to me, like I would be so confused as to why they were being like that. I would be so upset. I wouldn't want to go into school. I'd be so ashamed and nervous and embarrassed. Um, And then when I see them smiling at me now, you know, on one hand, I'm like, oh, they're nice. That's that's good. And then on the other hand, I just want to go and like shake them and be like, do you realize the effect (laughs) of what you did on my young high school self? And it's really tricky. Um, But I think that we have to let other people grow and we have to continue to grow ourselves and not let our high school selves, which is like the crappiest version of everybody. Nobody's cool. Like nobody's actually cool in high school, (laughs) right? We all think that people are cool, but nobody actually is. We're all just goofballs. That's it. We're goofballs who think we're invincible. And don't let the goofball version of yourself win. I want you to tell me that you went to the high school reunion. I want to hear how it goes. Please report back. I can guarantee you the rest of the listeners want to know as well. But folks, we're going to call it here for the day. And I want to say thank you so much for listening to this Family Tree Podcast, episode 175.